We're going to be in Luke chapter 14 this morning. If, uh, if you have your Bibles with you, uh, go ahead and turn there. Luke chapter 14, and we're going to be starting in verse 7. And a little background uh, on this uh, a specific story from Jesus' life is Jesus is having lunch with the Pharisees. Uh, so he is uh, sitting around a table um, with a bunch of Pharisees and they're having lunch together. In fact, the, the home that they're in, uh, it, it tells us in Luke chapter 14, the home that they're in is actually the leader of the Pharisees' home. So it's like I don't know how that works. I don't know if they do like an election like we do. You know, we've got an election coming up this week. Maybe the Pharisees all get together and they all write on ballots and they vote whichever Pharisee they want to be the best one or the be, be the president of the Pharisees. Uh, I'm not sure how all that works, but apparently they, they had some way of choosing who gets to be the, the big guy, the head honcho. And um, if you'll remember, this, this kind of struck me as a little bit funny one of the Pharisees' biggest criticisms of Jesus was that Jesus was always eating with the tax collectors and sinners. You, you remember that? And for some reason, that just kind of strikes me as funny. So here's Jesus. Uh, apparently, they invited him to have lunch with them instead. And, and so Jesus is having lunch with these guys instead of uh, the tax collectors and sinners. And I don't know if it's like, you know, I kind of was thinking about it this morning. Is it kind of like high school or something, you know, where you kind of have, you have the Pharisees and the, you know, kind of the religious people. And then over here on this table, you've got the tax collectors and sinners. And, and like week after week, they're, they're looking and there's Jesus. He's sitting over there with the sinners and the tax collectors. And they're like, man, I wonder why Jesus doesn't ever come eat with us, you know? And like, you know, it's just not fair. And, and so they finally got up the courage and asked Jesus to come over to their table. And um, now I, it probably it wasn't anything like that, I'm sure. But um, these guys, the Pharisees, were some of the hardest people for Jesus to get along with. They were always trying to catch Jesus and trap him uh, in his words and, and trying to set him up and, and very critical of Jesus. And, and Jesus knew it. It wasn't like Jesus, like they're talking behind Jesus' back and he just doesn't know. He knows that these guys are kind of jerks. I mean, he knows that these guys are talking trash about him all the time. And this is the amazing thing about our Lord, okay? When these guys invite him to come eat lunch, you know what Jesus does? He's like, yeah, I'll come. I'll come have lunch with you guys. He, he doesn't say, forget you guys. You guys are always talking smack about me. I'm not going to have lunch with you. Uh, no, he, he's very, seems like he's very happy to sit down with them and have lunch with them. And I almost kind of titled my sermon, Jesus Loves Religious People. <laughs> I almost did that, but I didn't. That's not my title. Um, but, but Jesus is sitting down with these very proud religious guys and having lunch with them. And it, it's pretty cool. And I, I think... Man, I, I think from this story, Jesus says some pretty hard things to these guys. But man, the more I've read through it, I think Jesus is saying it in love. It's, it's not condemnation that Jesus is just breathing out here. I think he's really pleading with these guys to drop their pride and to humble themselves and to, and to be at the banquet. Uh, at at the end of all time, and uh, so so th this is I think a pretty cool, pretty cool story uh, for that reason. 
Um, let's read together. Verses 7 through 24 is where, is where we're going. Now he told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose places of honor, saying to them, When you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, Give your place to this person, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. He said also to the man who had invited him, When you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. When one of those who reclined at table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, A man man once gave a banquet, uh, gave a great banquet, and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I've bought a field, and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you have commanded has been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in, that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. Will you pray with me? Jesus, as we uh, read uh, your words and and read this story uh, this morning, Lord, it's exciting. It's exciting to me to know that there's going to be a banquet one day uh, at the end of all time, a party to end all parties, one that nothing will compare to. And you're so generous and you're so... (laughs) Wonderful, Jesus, because you humbled yourself and you became a servant. You became a lamb who was slain so that we could get grace and so that we could go to this banquet and be with you forever. What an amazing gift. What an amazing invitation. Lord, help us to not miss that this morning. Help us to not ignore you, Jesus. Help us to not ignore the King of Kings inviting us to be a guest at his banquet. Lord, give us big hearts, God. Give us 
uh, the ability, God, to just even to live our lives in a way that we are walking towards that banquet, uh, that, we are, that we are banqueting together, that we are dining together, that we are living life together in a way that is looking forward to um, that great day where we will be with you. Lord, we love you, and we uh, just ask for your help this morning as we uh, open your word together. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus is sitting around this table, and this table is, is loaded with proud religious men who've placed their confidence in their family tree. I mean, these are descendants of Abraham. Uh, they've placed their confidence in their religious devotion. Uh, these are well-respected men in their community. So much so, so much confidence do these guys have that as they're sitting around dinner with Jesus and Jesus is warning them, I mean, make no mistake, Jesus' story right at the beginning there, starting in verse 7, is a warning. It's like, hey, don't be proud. Don't be arrogant. This is meant to be received in humility. Jesus tells this great story about being humble. And this guy, he, he interprets that as, hey, I need to make, it almost sounds like he's making a toast, doesn't it? Like, blessed, blessed is, is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God, you know? And he, he makes this very boastful toast of like, hey, we're all going to be there, aren't we? You know, isn't it great? And and in my mind, I was, I was kind of picturing, he, he just heard this story from Jesus about being humble and uh, about when you go to a feast or a banquet or a party, you know, take the, the humble seat and then the master will come in and, and the master will be like, hey, you know, why are you sitting here, friend? You, you can sit, this is your seat right here, this much nicer seat. You know, don't, don't sit in this big seat right here where maybe it's somebody else's seat, somebody much more important than you. And he, he somehow in his brain, he interprets that as, I'm going to go to the King of Kings banquet hall. I mean, that's what this guy's doing in his mind. He's like, hey, I've got my seat picked out in the King of Kings banquet hall already. And I'm going to be there. And he walks up to the head of the table of Jesus' banqueting hall. And he almost in a way says, all my friends, I know where you guys are sitting too. You guys will all be here as well. Aren't we awesome? Aren't we great? And I'm, I like kind of to be a visual guy, but I'm, I'm imagining, you know, the cups are clanking like as they're toasting and they're kind of toasting each other and, and the cups are clanking as they're proudly picking out their seats at God's party. Maybe there's some here, here's there, and some amens. And you know when somebody says something like that, and you're a guest in their home, the polite thing to do, right, is just to kind of smile, and just kind of, maybe just kind of nod, and kind of let the conversation go on, and uh, you know, just kind of, all right, this is, these guys have invited me. I'm not, I'm not one of them. I'm not one of their group. I'm just kind of been invited here to be a part of having lunch with them. And so I'll let them kind of have their, their time together and say what they want to say and, and just kind of grace, gracefully sm smile, right? Uh, gracefully, uh, just kind of 
let them have their time together. But, but Jesus, notice Jesus does not do this. <laughs> Jesus is not being polite. Um, Jesus confronts them. And Jesus points out, hey, you guys are being really arrogant. <laughs> and so Jesus tells this story. Uh, he continues to tell this other story about this noble man who's going to throw a banquet. And he continues to point out to these guys, man, you guys need to humble yourselves. You're going to miss it. And I was thinking about, so this nobleman or, or this king in this story who, who throws this big banquet, um, it, this is a major party. This is a very prestigious invitation. It's, it's something really amazing to be invited to it. And uh, I was like, have I ever been invited to a party like that? Like, what, what's the biggest, most important event that you've ever been invited to that you can think of? You know, so I'm thinking like weddings. I've been invited to some weddings. I've been invited to some graduations where you actually get an invitation in the mail. Uh, some things like that. But, but really, even those kind of invitations don't compare to, to the one that Jesus is telling us about in this story. And so then I thought, well, maybe what about like a couple years ago, Prince William and Kate, right? They got married and it was like, it's all over the news, like, you know, Prince William, the heir to the throne, has found a wife and they're going to get married. And, you know, and it's all this money and stuff's being spent, you know, to, to put on this big wedding ceremony. And so that might be kind of like that. I mean, like you could, like it'd be something. If, if somebody after the service comes up to me and says, yeah, I was there. I went to that wedding. You know, I, I, I was a guest on the list. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, Maybe I was thinking we we like football in Oklahoma, so I thought, well, what if you got invited to go to the Heisman Trophy, like the Heisman, like award ceremony where they actually passed out the Heisman Trophy, and you got to sit and eat, like like eat dinner with with the candidates for the Heisman Trophy. That might be kind of cool, um, but but even that, you know, I mean, those would be things that might be kind of cool, but I don't know that they would mark you, like. I mean, this invitation that Jesus is talking about is something that would follow you probably the rest of your life. And so it'd be like, you know, like when people would introduce you, like they'd be like, well, this is Bonnie Castor and she has tea with the queen. You know, I mean, it would be that kind of a, a thing of where it'd be like, it, it would mark you when people would introduce you. It was like, hey, this, did you know this about Bonnie? You know, and I don't think Bonnie does have tea with the queen, but... Um, I think that the queen would benefit from it, don't you? I mean, she would benefit from having tea with Bonnie, I think. Uh, so, so this is the kind of event that Jesus is talking about here. This is the kind of invitation that Jesus is talking about with this banquet. And I was thinking about what is the greatest invitation I've had. This, so I was thinking about, all right, probably the greatest invitation, the most life-changing invitation that I've experienced in my life happened about 17 years ago. And Michelle Sullivan invited me to come to her parents' home and have supper with her family to celebrate the anniversary of her mom and dad. Uh, and so this is a major, major invitation, a major turning point um, in, in my life. Um, because up to this point, I had kind of started to become friends with Michelle. So we'd started kind of building a friendship and kind of getting to know each other a little bit. 
and, and prior to that, prior to us just starting to become friends, the first time I remember, the first time I saw Michelle uh, was at Southwest Baptist University, and uh, I, I remember seeing her during our wel- during Welcome Week, and and just being super impressed with her, super super impressed. Like, hey, man, this is a godly woman, and she's really beautiful, you know. And I'm really attracted to her, and all that. And and so I'm like, wow, you know. But she's a senior at SBU, and I'm just an incoming lowly nobody, like literally. And uh, you kind of laugh and chuckle, and here's this is like a real story. So um, I kind of felt I have this in my back pocket because I don't want you to think I was exaggerating the fact that I was a nobody. I really was, and she really had no clue who I was. Um, Because like almost a year later, she's graduated and gone on to start working outside of school, and she's actually working on her master's degree. She graduated, and. I'm, I start attending, just so happens to be the same church that she's going to, and uh, and so I'm I'm actually getting ready to do my youth ministry internship at that church, and um, and so one Sunday morning I see Michelle just kind of in passing, you know, the church service lets out, and Michelle's parents had come to church with her that Sunday morning, and uh, and they were kind of walking out and going to go eat or something like that, and as I, as I'm as I'm walking out. I, I see Michelle and just kind of in a friendly greeting, just say, hey, say hi to her. And, and, uh, and, and as I walk away, and I, 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 didn't, I didn't hear this at the time. This was later in my life. Michelle would tell me this story. Um, but as I'm walking away, Michelle's mom asks her, she goes, who was that guy? <laughs> and Michelle goes, I have no idea. <laughs> I really, I don't know who he is. Um, so, I mean, I really was a nobody. And uh, so for me, you know, a little over a year later, um, to actually get an invitation to, to go have uh, dinner with her family was, was an amazing, amazing turning point in my life. Um, and that night was a major, major, a major turning point in my life. I remember after I had supper with her family, um, I, I'd, I'd gone back and I was, I was getting ready for bed and I was kneeling beside my bed that night and uh, praying, and I'd prayed. I'd spent a lot of time praying about this uh, this dinner with her family, and uh, and I remember praying after after that night, like or after that event. And I was like, "Man, God, thank you, thank you for this special evening." And I I really felt like at that point I was like, "God, I th- I think this is her, <laughs> you know. I think she's the one." And uh, and God, thank you for making it so clear. Um, so major, major turning point. This is the kind of life-changing invitation that Jesus is talking about here uh, in this story. Um, the historical context that, that's hard for us to understand is this is most likely, like I said, a king or a nobleman inviting people who are really nobodies. Like, like literally, like compared to them, they are, they're, they're the nothings. They're, they're the lowly people. And, and the king and the, and the emperor, he's untouchable. And, and I know, again, we, we live in America, right? And this is, that's not easy for us to understand. That's not the way we think about our government. That's not the way we think about our leaders. Uh, when we think about our government, we think our government is a government for the people, by the people. The president is just another American, right? Uh, hopefully. And, uh, and, and so, you know, so that's kind of the world that we live in is, you know, that, man, these people are just people just like us but it was not that way in Jesus's day. 
these people, like, I mean, the emperor, he ruled this vast empire and had command over armies of men who he could just go on a whim and say, go die, (laughs) go die to expand my empire. Um, The kings, the queens, I mean, um, they literally had the power, like if you met the king or queen, like they literally had the power either to like set you up for the rest of your life, like the rest of your life was going to be good, like really good because of the king or queen, or your life was ending like right then because of the king or queen. That's the kind of power and authority these people had. This would be a once in a lifetime event or probably for a lot of people, a never in a lifetime event to be invited to enjoy a banquet with the king. In addition to that, it would provide an opportunity to eat some really good food. I mean, so like most of the people at that time, probably as they would go through life, um, you know, it was life and, and food was kind of a matter of survival. It was very difficult. You know, they didn't have ovens and modern stoves and different things like that. And so, you know, actually preparing a feast um, that was really decadent and really, really awesome was, was very, was not very common. And so this was like literally for some of these people, like the only time in their life where they would be able to enjoy a meal that, I mean, literally it could be said no expense was spared. Like it is the best of the best of the best. And so they would be excited to go, uh, even because of that. So the parallel here that Jesus is drawing, um, it's pretty easy, right? It's a banquet, and Jesus is saying, hey, there's a king. He's putting on a banquet. Guess what? I'm a king, and I'm going to put on a banquet. And it's going to be better than any banquet you've ever seen. And you're invited. You're invited to come. You're invited to come to my banquet. Nobody in their right mind would have said no in this story, would refuse the invitation that the king is giving. Nobody in their right mind would say no. Everybody would hear the king's invitation and would be like, I'm going. If I've got plans, I'm changing them. Nobody would miss this invitation. And Jesus kind of even just to highlight this goes on and, and kind of gives these lame excuses. Like there's a bunch of people that give these really lame excuses for not going. And, and as, I'm, man, as, these, as the Pharisees are hearing Jesus tell this story, they're, they're, they're all probably are laughing. I mean, it's, it's like a joke. Like that anybody would reject the king's invitation to go to his banquet. So the first guy, he's like, I have bought a field. So he's made some big real estate deal. The second guy, he's like, I bought, I bought five yoke of oxen. And so, wow, five yoke of oxen. So I had to kind of figure this out in my mind. So a yoke of oxen is two oxen, right? Because you like you've got like a yoke, and it connects the two oxen so that they can pull something together. And so like a yoke, a five yoke of oxen would be ten oxen, right? I mean, I, and I'm, I'm guessing. I, I'm not sure on that. I just kind of just thinking that's what we're looking at. So this is a big, this is a lot of oxen. This is a lot of power. Uh, you can do a lot of farming with, with 10 oxen. 
Um, maybe even this is like going down to the John Deere store, you know, and like, you're like, all right, give me the biggest tractor you got. You know, I want the big one. Um, and so, uh, and then the other guy, so you, you bought some land, bought some oxen, can't come, sorry. And the other guy, I bought a wife and, uh, no, he, did he say bought? I was, I'm kind of testing you guys here. I just thought bought, bought, bought. No, um, he didn't buy a wife. He just got married. Um, and, uh, everybody else is, I think this is kind of funny too. Everybody else is like, I've got to go see what I got. I bought some land. I got to go see it. I bought, I bought some oxen. I got to go check them out. Got to go see them. And, and maybe this guy, I, I, I married a wife and I got to go see her. I've never seen her before. You know, uh, maybe that's what's going, no, it's probably not what's going on. Um, but, but again, the point of all these is that no one would reject the invitation to this banquet. Um, all of these excuses are just, are just really crazy, are just really crazy. Um, for one thing, does anybody buy real estate without knowing what you're getting? I mean, that's, that's, that's like a joke, right? You know, if you, like we, we tell jokes like this, like, hey, if, you're, if you believe that, I've got something I want to sell you, right? That's that kind of joke as far as, you know, you don't, people don't do that. Um, people don't buy, you don't, I mean, I guess the equivalent to oxen today would be farm equipment or a vehicle of some kind. Uh, do you buy a vehicle without going and seeing it and test driving it first? I mean, uh, not very many people do, I don't think. Um, and then the one with the wife, this is, I, I was reading a sermon by a guy, uh, another pastor, and uh, he he kind of brought up the funny thing about like, like the guy that's married a wife, like, sorry, I can't come. And he kind of makes this joke, he gets real sarcastic and he says, yeah, because, you know, for your wife to have to buy a new dress and get all dressed up and, and like she's going to, you're taking her to eat some really great food and the best of entertainment. And man, it's just going to be this really fun kind of beautiful evening together and Women hate that kind of stuff, right? Uh, I mean, so, so again, that, that doesn't really, doesn't pass the test of a, a really good excuse. Um, so all these, all these excuses, I think Jesus is highlighting this, this reality, this truth. We're invited to his banquet and there is gonna be no excuse when we get to the end of time and we're there, man, maybe we're standing before the judge and the judge is like saying, hey, why didn't you respond to my invitation? There's gonna be no excuse that makes any sense. All of our excuses for not receiving his invitation, for responding to the Lord Jesus Christ in faith, all of our excuses are gonna sound foolish. All of our excuses are gonna sound really really lame. That's what Jesus, I think, is trying to get through uh, here. One of the verses I thought of when I, when I thought of this is, there's, there's lots of these where people kind of come face to face with God and His glory, but, but one I thought of is in Revelations chapter 1, verse 13, where John the Apostle is standing before the Lord Jesus Christ uh, the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. And it says, In the midst of the lamp stands one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white like white wool, like snow. 
His eyes were like a flame of fire. I like that. Jesus' eyes are like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And his face was like the sun, shining in full strength. And listen to this. John says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. You know, as a youth pastor, a lot of times when I get on to people, like students for different things, you know, there's always like this, this like stream of excuses. <laughs> I mean, I'm always, and I'm kind of prepared for him a lot of times, but you know, I'm kind of scolding him. Hey, you need to be paying attention or man, you shouldn't be doing that. You're being a jerk. You know, don't do that. You know, and, and oh, but pastor Andrew, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know, and man, when, when we stand before Jesus, we're not going to have any excuses. We're going to be humbled and we're going to be blown away by his glory. In closing, as, as I wrap up, just kind of a couple kind of practical applications as I'm thinking about this banquet and a couple things that maybe it helps us with. One, one of the applications, I think, as we look at this is the question of what is heaven going to be like? Do uh, you ever think about that? You ever think about, man, maybe somebody even has asked you that before, or maybe even in a conversation, maybe, maybe you're sharing Jesus with somebody and you're, you're telling them about, you know, man, don't you want to go to heaven? And, and maybe their response is like, well, not really. You know, heaven doesn't really sound that much fun. You know, it sounds kind of crummy. And man, our, our culture in Hollywood and man, even I think Christians, we've kind of We've kind of done a really lousy job, I think, about describing heaven. Uh, heaven is not going to be fat baby angels floating around on clouds, strumming little harps. Um, that, that's a horrible picture of heaven. That's not in the Bible. Um, man, heaven is going to be, well, here, how's Jesus talking about heaven right here? It's a banquet like the banquet to end all banquets, the party to end all parties. Not a party like Mardi Gras, okay, where sin and wickedness and all kinds of depravity is going on, but, but a party, a real party, where we're in the presence of the King of Kings. We're going to be reunited with saints who've gone on before us. Um, man, that's going to be awesome by itself. Like, man, we're going to get to see some people that man, maybe we knew like here when we were walking on earth, right? We're going to get to see them again and they're going to be even better than when we knew them. Like if we liked them, right? Uh, They're going to be even better than than when we knew them. And if maybe some people we didn't like, okay, but man, hopefully they put their trust in Jesus, right? And and we're going to see them and like, we're actually going to be like, hey, you're actually a really cool person. You know, I didn't like it when you were here, but man, his grace is good and God's given you a new body and, and now there's no sin and man, you're, you're a lot more fun to be around. Um, man, we're going to get to see people that we never knew. Like, you know, I'm thinking about like Moses or Joseph or some of these Bible characters, some of these great saints from Bible stories and history and, and they're going to be even better than they were in the Bible uh, and they're going to be real and as large as life uh, right in front of us. Um, 
heaven is going to be an awesome place. One of the things that I thought about is, uh, I was talking with some guys this week over breakfast, was um, that, that's kind of a real biblical example of this and why I think this is true, is uh, you remember the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus kind of reveals just a little bit of his glory to his disciples and, and they see him in all his glory. And then two other guys show up, Moses and Elijah. And, uh, and, and it's like they're hanging out and, and the response of the disciples, these three disciples that were with Jesus, you know what their response is? They're like, Jesus, we want to live here. Let's build, let's build some houses and we're just going to stay here. This is incredible. Man, when we get to heaven, we're going to want to live there. That's the kind of place it's going to be. Not mainly because we get to be with saints who've gone on before us. That's going to be part of it, but mainly because Jesus is going to be there. I had the privilege a couple weeks ago. Um, do you know there's going to be singing in heaven? Yeah, there's going to be singing. I had the privilege a couple weeks ago to spend an evening with a couple families um, and uh, we a real intimate setting. And, and the main guest of honor was a musician of, that's a favorite like a favorite of mine, a favorite musician. And, uh, and we just kind of spent the evening, we, we ate together, we had a little banquet together. And then, uh, and then kind of as the evening went on, he basically got up, got his guitar out, and we spent the evening just kind of listening to him sing and sing great songs, songs that I love uh, about God's kingdom, about Jesus and his glory, about, about life and being a, being a person who's, who's just enjoying life. And, and so he sings, he spends an evening singing. And you know what? He's probably sang for like a couple hours. And it seemed like just minutes. Like it flew by. I mean, so you guys have experienced that where it's just somebody who's really gifted, a gifted storyteller, a gifted uh, musician can just make time fly. And um, this is, I was thinking about this. You know, it's funny. I wasn't, I wasn't tired of music at the end of the evening. In fact, I got in my truck and I had a little bit of a drive to get home. And you know what I did? I, I got my iPhone out and I have this, this musician's music on my iPhone and, and I listened to music all the way home. I listened to his music. It, it created me a greater appetite to, 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 to hear those songs and to enjoy that music. You know, the Bible tells us that our God sings. And, and I have to think that probably at this banquet that Jesus is going to sing for us. I know that's amazing. That blows me away. <laughs> but that our God might sing to us? Zephaniah 3.17, this is a verse that, that we sometimes read in our worship services uh, in the early service. The Lord your God is in your midst, the mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. <laughs> I like that word loud. I mean, like, he's going to sing loud to us. And as I think about that, is, is God's music, is the music of heaven going to be less than the music that we enjoy here on earth? No way. No way. It's going to be so great. 
we're not going to get tired of it. Believe me. You know, I, I kind of think that sometimes. Well, don't you think you get tired of singing, all that singing? No. Oh, no. You won't get tired of it. For one thing, you're going to be a lot better at singing than you are now. So, <laughs> And hopefully I will be too. So yeah, we're going to be a lot better. We won't have to listen to, to each other being bad singers. We'll, we'll all be good at it. Um, who's invited to this great banquet? This is a, a, a pretty important thing as, as, we, as we look at this. Who, who's invited? Well, the incredible thing about this is our God is very inclusive. Like, his, man, he is really committed to getting his house full. You know, we see that here, right, in, in Luke 14. You know, uh, the servant said, Sir, uh, what you commanded has been done. He's went out and got a bunch of people, a bunch of the crippled people and stuff like that. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. God wants to fill the banquet. He's not satisfied with an empty table. Um, he is committed to, to filling it up. And you know who he's going to fill it with? Not just a bunch of people that look like us, okay? I mean, man, I, because of Jesus, right? By God's grace, we're going to be there but not just people that look just like us. I mean, people that are from Taiwan, like Addie shared. There's going to be people from Romania. There's going to be people from, man, from Japan, from Africa, from England, from every corner of the earth. The Bible says every tribe and language and people and nation. Man, God is inclusive. Man, God is gracious. God delights in diversity. God delights in inclusiveness. There'll be room for all kinds of people. But here's the warning. But there will be no room for pride. There will be no room for boasting. Only humble people who have repented of their sins and come to Jesus, the King of glory, and said, Jesus, I surrender to you. You are my King. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. My only hope to be at this banquet is because of you. So how can we actually even maybe live out kind of this banquet like right now, like in our everyday life. I think there's some ways like as we're thinking about that banquet, like it should affect how we do meals, like like today. So you have opportunity today to go to some small groups. And you know what? As in every small group that I've ever been to, we eat together. We're going to banquet together. We're going to feast. Uh, I don't think that's by accident. So as you go tonight, maybe maybe some of you, you, you've not plugged into a small group yet. Man, go tonight. Go eat with some people. Go be a part of a small group and build those Christ-centered relationships. You might as well. You're going to be with them for eternity if you're trusting in Jesus, right? You might as well start today. Why wait? The other thing I think about is uh, Wednesday nights, right? We have some pretty awesome feasts on Wednesday nights, Right here at 
team kid, man, we've got some kitchen staff and they put together a feast and we kind of do like what this king is commanding his servant to do, right? We take vans out and we drive up and down streets and knock on doors and, and we bring kids in from all over Woodward and we banquet together. We feast together. What a beautiful picture. I think, I think Jesus, I think our master is pleased with that. Uh, we do, we, we've got another kitchen staff. This is cool. We at Lincoln Avenue, we actually have another kitchen staff across town at Fifth Street Campus, and we're doing the same thing over there with our youth ministry on Wednesday night. We have a banquet, and we're saying, hey, we have a king, you know what, who's invited us to a banquet, and you know what, we don't deserve to come. We don't deserve it. We can't afford it. He's paid for us so that we can have a banquet. And so tonight, we know you, maybe some of you guys coming in here, you can't afford this. You're not going to pay us back for this food that we're doing. We don't want you to pay us back. We're people who know what it means to be treated in ways that we don't deserve. We know what it means to be people who've been given grace. And we want to be about the business of, of being people like, like our master. We want to be gracious people. Still there's room. Man, go out that my house may be filled. There's a missional element there, isn't there? Kind of as you hear that, uh, hear about Jesus sending out his servant or the king sending out his servant to fill the house. Um, man, Jesus has sent us, hasn't he? Do, <laughs> do we need to go back to the Great Commission? Jesus has sent you and me to go out and bring people in to the kingdom. Um, man, I like this servant. This servant seems like he's a pretty good guy. He seems like he takes the master's word really seriously. Do we take that seriously? Do we take Jesus' command for us to go out? Do we take that seriously? Go to the ends of the earth. Man, and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Man, I think we're doing that as a church. I think we're doing that. And, and man, but we can continue to grow in it, right? God's, as, as we've been faithful in that, has God not increased that more and more as we step out in faith? And so, man, let's continue to grow in that church family and continue to, to press out. And, uh, and as we do, man, do it with a mindset of like, man, these are people as I'm going out that I'm hoping are one day going to be seated around the great banquet table with me around the throne of God. Uh, man, what a cool thought that is, isn't it? Let me close us in prayer and uh, have Bonnie come and close us in, a, in some worship. Jesus, we, we love you and uh, we're amazed that in your grace and in your mercy, you invite us to this banquet. We know we don't deserve it. We know that it's only because of your mercy and your grace that we get to come to this banquet. And we marvel at it. We rejoice in it. Lord, give us hearts that um, are humble. Lord, help us to receive in humility the, the invitation that, you're, that you've given us and help us to put our faith in Jesus and to trust in him.
Help us to be intentional about inviting others. Help us to be intentional about telling others about, about Jesus. Help us to be missional. And Lord, help us to Lord, help us to do it in a way that is inclusive. Lord, we love you and uh, and we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. As Bonnie comes to close us in song, there's an opportunity right now for you to respond to God's invitation. And, and maybe some of you, for the first time, uh, you need to come this morning and you need to say, man, I want to be at that banquet. I want to put my faith in Jesus. And this is an opportunity for you to do that right now. Uh, maybe for some of you this morning, you, man, God's laid somebody on your heart and you're like, right now, you're like, man, they are not walking towards that banquet. The way they're living their life, they're making excuses, whatever. But they are not headed to the banquet. And, and you want to come this morning and maybe just pray for them. Pray that God would open up opportunities for you to share and plead with them and to invite them to come to Jesus in faith. Uh, you, you feel free to come forward. The altar's open for that as well. Um, maybe you just want to stand as, as, we, as we close and sing and you're just wanting to say, hey, man, I'm really looking forward to that banquet. And I'm so thankful and blessed because of Jesus I can be there. And so I just want to sing to my king and give him the glory he deserves. Uh, You respond how God leads you. Please stand together as uh, we close this time.